Wow, that's huge. Oh my god. <laughs> that's, that's so special. That's huge. Okay. Welcome to Sex. And the Sex. In the Sex. This is a Sex and the City podcast. My name is Anna Wolf. I'm an actor and comedian, and I've seen all the episodes of Sex and the City. <laughs> my name's Evie Majumta. I'm an actor and comedian and writer sometimes, um, and <laughs> I've seen every episode six times. Hi, my name is Jordan. I'm an actor and comedian um, and writer sometimes, and I have <laughs> never seen Sex in the City. I'm watching it for the first time now. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. And we have a special guest. Guest, Hi. who are and you? And I'm the hot one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> who are you, guest? What's your name? Hey, guys. It's me. Um, I'm Charlie's Angel. I'm a comedian. What did you guys say? Writer, Writer and actor. Sometimes yeah. hand model. Um, oh. You know, the whole whole spectrum. I didn't know that about you. Have you done hand modeling before? No. Liar. You've <laughs> added liar to that. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. um, Charlie, can you please tell us what's your relationship to Sex in the City? Like, what's your history? I absolutely love Sex and the City. Um, when I was in high school, I didn't watch it. I was always like, I'm not going to be that kind of gay. You know, like <laughs> I thought I was above it. Yeah. Um, but, and so I only actually watched it when I was in uni um, and I devoured it. I was like, you know what? This is confectionery. This is absolutely amazing. Um, like I simultaneously like, it's kind of like the relationship I have with Glee where it's like, I hate it and I think the characters are so flawed and yet I can't look away. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have a lot of strong feelings. Especially with this episode. It was a funny one. Oh, yeah. One, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Um, if you had to compare yourself or if, which one of the characters do you most relate to? Miranda. Oh. 100%. Yes, I can see that. Absolutely. <gasps> yeah. I like a little red side fringe with little short <laughs> hair and little yeah. belly. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like she's the only one with any kind of moral backbone. Um, and yeah. I have great rage for Carrie. Mm-hmm. I have like a sort of like off and on relationship with Charlotte. And Samantha's obviously a great time, but... Mm-hmm. um. You know, not everyone can be a Samantha. I'm not a Samantha. For sure. No, no. And 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 we all we uh, all want to be Samantha in a way. Yeah. I think there's what we've discovered mm. in this podcast, you know. Um, this episode, I have to say, it's happened again, dear listener, where we coincidentally i organized the guests i'm the one who hasn't seen anything i haven't seen any of these episodes and i was like we should get charlie on charlie's gonna be a great time i asked charlie i watched the episode i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) you feel like like, how do you feel about me asking you and you being like this is on on the fag episode yes (laughs) when jordan told me um she was like, oh, watch this particular episode. I look, I quickly Googled it and I, I like read the synopsis and I was like, oh, yeah. So the episode where every significant storyline revolves around faggy men having problems. Like, right. Thank you for the invite. 
<laughs> we did it once a lot. She the other time when it was like with Patrick, um, he is gay and <laughs> it's just had like the gayest episode. That was the last gay episode. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's either it's very funny, but it's also maybe like you were meant to be here. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? 100%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of the episode, Honor, it's your turn to read our synopsis. Oh, my favourite thing to do. I'll give this a go. So this episode is season four, episode 14, 13? 14. 14. Episode 14. I've got a lisp today. I keep developing. I think because I haven't been speaking, I just keep developing a lisp. And so does my voice. Now we're both just lisping to each other. I'm like, we're too, like, sexy. Um... I'm not using my words either. It is yeah. the gay episode. It... Oh, Jesus <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow. Got in. First two. Yeah. First two fucking get Charlie on. Yeah. <laughs> insult them. Using Charlie, yeah. and now you're saying that gay men have lisps. That's what you're Some saying. gay yeah. men have lisps. Oh, I'm sure yeah. some. Yeah, anyway. Okay, lisps. Um, Hard word to yeah. say. Go on. The girls spend a hot night at the gay club trade, dancing in a sea of bare-chested, good-looking men. Carrie meets sexy Australian shoe importer, wow, Oliver Oliver Spencer to Stanford's envy. Samantha gets so high on beefcake. What? (laughs) Samantha gets so high on beefcake, XTC, oh, ecstasy, and naked dicks in the gents. Oh my god! Did Gay Jeff write this when he was drunk? I feel like he's never <laughs> been horny. so explicit before. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, okay. Um, uh, naked dicks in the gents. No girls there. Okay, so KGF. This is is a gay man who's a misogynist. I feel like that's what we figured out from the synopsis so far. Who who is this? It's um. <laughs> He's just a guy that has written like the majority of the synopses of uh, Sex and the City on IMDb. Oh, Every wow. week we, we read Every single out. one. Yeah, and he just, it feels like there's a hatred for women in it. Oh, yeah. And a like yeah. for it's gay definitely men. an MRA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he likes the show, which is bizarre because he's dedicated, it appears, most of his life to it. This is going to become a crime podcast. You're going to be like investigating <laughs> this man. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be um, finding KGF. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, naked dicks in the gents, no girls there. Uh, that she tells Richard during hot sex she loves him, but gets no response. Charlotte is presented in the club to Anthony's boyfriend, Gordon, who works for House and Garden magazine and arranges for it to take pictures at her place, the house of the perfect couple but Trey's lack of interest for yet another thing that excites her pushes uh, pushes their relationship to effective separation. Miranda's pregnancy becomes known as her law becomes known at, at her law firm when a young colleague Max means to defend so defend so her dozing off. Okay, so KGF this is is he doesn't write Rash. best, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's we're nearly done. Um uh, but they're overheard when she says to what it no more out when he's being gay. It's just like synthesized speech from like a, a robot. Like, Yeah. yeah. Uh, being gay in brackets as she saw him in trade. The next day they both come clean. <laughs> That's it. 
That's it. Uh, also hilarious that he says that Anthony and that guy Gordon are boyfriends when it's like clear that they're like they're not. They're, they're not. Anthony wants to hook up with this guy, but KGF is like, in my world, it is nuclear. We have a family yeah. <laughs> relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed this episode. I think you described it really well, Charlie, before when you said it was like confectionery. This feels like one of those episodes mm. where it's like, ooh, yummy, yummy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like everyone's doing their absolute like D grade performances. Like the script is bad, the scenes are improbable. It's it's a beautiful time. Totally. <laughs> and when they're like calling each other about going out on the girls' night, I was like, oh, I wish I was us. Like seriously, oh being like, hey babe, like got a boring life. Let's go get drunk outside. Um, <laughs> it's just all we ask for. Yes. I hope that's how they open the movies. If not, they should yeah. have. That would have been amazing totally. after like a big yeah. break and then the first movie is like a group chat. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were like, it, it was the first time they'd done that. They were all like, what's this new technology that we're able to be on the Very phone with chat. multiple people? I know. Um, <laughs> and it made me, it was so like specific to our time right now doing mm. these like Zoom calls and this kind of stuff. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. It also makes you, makes you nostalgic for when you're a child and doing three-way chat and be like, oh, my phone has three-way chat or my phone has, like, conference call or something. Yes. Yeah. I remember just, like, the running. It's like every time we did a three-way chat, I'd be like, let's do a three-way. And everyone's like, Emmy, not a three-way. We're having sex. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> and it's like next day the same thing. You well, are crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> the first time She's you crushed. The crazy one. <laughs> Every day with the same joke all throughout my teenagehood. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I, I do think you're so right, Charlie and Jordan, in terms of like this episode being candy, because I, I honestly feel like there's no substance to the second half of this no. season. Like the first half was pretty good. The second half has been, like I said, in the last few episodes, Samantha seems drunk. They've like amped her mm-hmm. character up to 11. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Uh, Miranda is... <laughs> Just like a horse or something. I don't know. Like, she seems like, she seems like a spam out. She seems, seems like yeah. a donkey from like, yeah. like an, um, mm. they give her all the dud like storylines and scenes. They're like, we got the fun stuff with the other characters, and Miranda mm. has to be in it too. Yeah, exactly. Her water's going to break somewhere humiliating. Right? I don't, yeah, <laughs> totally. I don't think it's that dull, though. Like, oh, what about Samantha, like, developing a crush and um, that being, like, the, you know, like, it's... But even that, like, she's supposed to be being, like, vulnerable or whatever. I mean, I know she's on ecstasy, but it's still not <laughs> treated as her being vulnerable. Like, I feel like we've seen Samantha be vulnerable before and it's, like, mm. a beautiful thing, whereas in this she's just kind of, like... I love you. Like, sorry, my gain's way too high. Yeah, you are. I do these jelly things. You um, are. But, like, when she's just like, um, you know, I love you. And then it's like fucking him like crazy. And then that's it. Like, that's yeah. it. Oh, I'm vulnerable. It's like, no. It's a caricature then, of vulnerability. Exactly. Yes. yes. And, and Carrie only, and Aiden, not okay. Yeah. And the only good thing was like Charlotte and her storyline, which actually mm. had some substance. I love and then, that. Oh, it was beautiful. Was beautiful. I fucking cried. I then, but um, I'm also second day of my period. But then it was like uh, <laughs> Charlotte doing that. But then it was mixed with this episode that was all about like dicks and like Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken and Samantha on ecstasy. So it was kind of like, mm. it's so shit that Charlotte gets like finally gets like a good substantial scene in the mix of this kind of like bullshit with the other characters but still it was fun it was fun yeah Mm. um 
Anthony was a real Frenchie to Charlotte Sandy this episode. Mm-hmm. Very like, true. That kind of intense sure. New York accent and also being like, you're worth a thousand of those preppy guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Charlotte for a bit because this fits in nicely with my um, theme, um, which is childhood expectation mm-hmm. versus adult reality. Into, like Because we, we meet this guy, uh, Gordon, at the club who does like <laughs> Sorry. horse and hound or whatever. Wee wee. It was very funny. <laughs> wee wee. <laughs> Wee wee. That is funny. We is so funny to say. They're just saying we. We. It's very funny. It's very good. I love French. Um, So uh, Gordon's at the club. We find out that he works at Horse and Hound or whatever she's reading. And um, we also find out that she's. (laughs) (laughs) Sky's like, are you calling me? Are we going on holiday or what? <laughs> um, and Charlotte said something that made me go, oh, Charlotte. We used to like flip Sorry, through I will the just magazine. fix that once no. I... <laughs> oh, I thought that was Sky. Oh, you have a no. donk. Sky's more of a <laughs> We do some loud noises now so you can edit this bit out, Jordan, in it. <laughs> oh, shit. I spilled my drink. No. <laughs> Don't start on me. Eh? No. I'm so sorry, One sec. I didn't think. She's the honest scared of and she spilled a drink. Oh, no. Oh, no, it is red wine. I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm just... Irby's so slow at yeah, being scared. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, I have to go to front and then um, spill beer all over my work document. Oh, my God. <laughs> so sorry. It's fine. It's locked. <clears throat> okay. Oh, my God. All right. We're all right. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so Charlotte said that she flipped through this magazine <laughs> and she would, like, wear her mother's pearls. And I was like, oh, I love these little flashes into the, the girls' like childhoods. <laughs> And that I was like, that's very cute. And also very like um, nice that like Carrie we hear as well. She used to like buy Vogue magazines instead of eating <laughs> and like <laughs> healthy. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's not wellness. Um, and it's nice to kind of hear that they're kind of in some way living out their fantasies to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Like they have achieved the goals, but the ball isn't there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so sorry. I just, I was, uh, I just imagined Miranda with a uh, what's that thing that the judge has? One of those little hammocks. Well, on that, when Charlotte says that thing about um her childhood, don't you think it's super sad? Well, I know we're just like jumping no sequential thing here, but at the end when she's like the voiceover is like and then lots of girls in their pearl earrings like pretending to be their mums watched that and thought it was a happy wedding and it was a happy marriage and it was oh so God. sad at the end being like okay so we're all brought up on like fucking bullshit all the time um yeah, it's all that fantasy sucks. they're really yeah, they definitely laid it on thick like yeah. with the <laughs> yeah. whole like like no i'll take this photo shoot with you it's my parting gift to you as we have this like tumultuous breakup and it's mm. just so like and she's, oh. like, trying to, like, smile through the pain. 
It's fun. It was beautiful, but it was. I hot. loved that. I was like, oh my god, Troy. I'd be like, yeah, well, I lay it on thick. And me in lockdown. Yeah. Like, this is what theater and cinema and art and life is about. This is humanity. It's being there for someone. And I wrote it down as my theme. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice. Oh my god, that I, was my theme too. I thought their um their the actual lines like the script of the um breakup was really beautiful and like mm. simple. Uh, and I was sort of thinking to myself like I can't think of many shows that have like a significant character have a breakup that's just that like cathartic where it's just like we're not compatible like we have different desires and like you want kids I can't I don't want that that's mm. the end of it and I feel like it's felt especially good at this stage because they've been um arguing about it for like a season and a half <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. they broke up like a season ago and it's like will they won't they and now it feels like we've earned that clean cut like it's happening now that's true. I have also just come in on this episode. So like I haven't like had to endure Trey for a season and a half. We've been here since season two. Oh my god, it was just it, it was so it was so quick and simple and painless. You missed the cardboard baby, Charlie. Oh my god. That was fucking bad. That was bad. Um yeah, it's um the the Charlotte and and Trey storyline, it kind of I was kind of rooting for them, I think, just because I like the actor of Trey, but Trey mm-hmm. is an asshole and he is in this as well. And just like him not caring about her magazine thing and stuff like that, but at the same time still expecting her to like keep the home and stuff like that. It's like, well, this is like an achievement when that's your job. So just fucking step up. I don't know. Totally. Also, I think Trey's like so best. not hot, even though he's hot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like at this point, why would you still be fucking him when like <laughs> he had like major erectile dysfunction and like fucks his mom and, and like it's just constantly boring oh. and annoying and mm. not very funny. Did you see it's the like glitter? Yeah. Yep. The yep. little like sparkle in his eye when he said he was moving with, in with his mom. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, you just take the apartment. I'll move in with my mom. And she's like, okay. Um. Yeah, it's fine. We'll share a bed. It, uh, it's it's all for you, Charlotte. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been dying yeah. for this the whole time. It totally. wasn't long ago that he was like monologuing that his mom isn't really his mom. So it's okay if they fart. Mm. Like, <laughs> totally. So, Jordan, um, what was your childhood expectation? And then. You're the reality now. Oh, I haven't COVID? really thought about me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, well, I, I, but but yeah, but I did I did want to ask, um, how how you guys feel about like I think I think that when we're young we have these like grand expectations, and mm-hmm. then it's kind of beaten out of us over some time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I found a letter to that I wrote to myself when I was like dead set. Being, <laughs> I used to write all these like every new year. I was like mm, Capricorn season, like let's like write new goals, and I'm like this boy will be my boyfriend by like October, <laughs> and it was just like all these goals, like I will get better at maths, and um that was like the short term goals. And I also like wrote a letter to myself for um, most years, being like. Evie, you're reading this and you're 25 years old. You've been nominated for an Oscar and um, you've never given up on your dream of acting because that's what will get you through. Um, and like all this shit about just like how famous and stuff I'd be. Um, so that's cool to read. <laughs> now I'm sitting I in lockdown. Always imagine like these kind of things, these stories that you tell is written in blood. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. One time when I learned about Descartes and philosophy, it is like, he says something I can't even remember I it now. I think, therefore, like, I am. Yeah, I think, therefore, I am. And I was just like, um, this isn't, okay, if you're, like, cutting yourself, don't do it. But um, I was just like, oh. <laughs> trigger and don't do it trigger. <laughs> okay i didn't like fully come i was like do a little like slit on my like um not wrist um just what's it called like your armpit not your armpit <laughs> just, just your body. Worse. like on your, your like on this bit like your bicep uh, oh, your yeah. just to draw some blood and i just did like two um like warrior marks across my face i'm like i think therefore i um uh, oh. you know like like no things <laughs> yeah i was not right as a kid Um, oh i love that no it's it's i mean it's obviously not okay but like i love the it's always the intensity the intensity of being being a teenager yeah yeah being a teenager is intense um and your parents are just like go to bed like stop (laughs) i'm doing annoying things i was like writing about a boy I feel like I was like really like bizarrely not intense as a as growing up as a kid, I can't like that. sort of like like worryingly low stakes. Like all of my like whenever I would think of the future, I think because even before I knew that I was gay, like it, something about the you know heteronormative paradigm didn't gel with me, um, and so I always it. just kind of thought like Sorry. I will be single, like mm. or or like I'll, I'll probably just have like you know. Um, like a moderate job, live by myself. Uh, you know, like I'm That's just a so kid cute. thinking that. Like I, um, at one point, I think once I started to like realize that I was gay, cause I went to a very like Catholic um, mm. school. I had this like fucked period where I was like, I'm gonna be a priest because that's <laughs> like the only way to redeem myself um, yeah. and like make it right. Um, and I was like, well, guess that's my future. I'm gonna be a priest. Um, oh my god. Oh god. And then you think about how many other priests have just done that because they thought the exact yeah. same thing because they'll totally. I know. Mm-hmm. It's systemic. You can't um, but you'd be a good priest to great you a priest. <laughs> so really reconsider yeah. your options and like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Don't know. throw it away so soon, yeah. <laughs> We're pivoting this pandemic. <laughs> you will be a priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally but it's like the sense of time I feel like it's um like when you're I don't know there's something about just like you know how like every day goes so fast and like every year it's just like oh I guess I'm just like a year older now and they do have a science behind why each year seems so longer when you're a kid I think it's because you haven't experienced enough yet for it to seem like it goes fast yeah, yeah. <laughs> perspective um <laughs> But yeah, it's crazy how like you thought, I always thought like I'd be dead by the time I was 30 because I was like, oh, I've lived a life, you know, like all the all the great ones do. And now it's like, I'm close to 30 and I'm just like, fuck yes. no. And <laughs> even then when you're beginning. a kid, 30 is like, you're like, that's that's a long, long life. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> you're like, I would have seen it all by then. Um, yeah. Oh my God. 15 fell a lot and I was like, double this? I know. <laughs> It's too much. Um, yeah, time is long and short, but mainly long. Life is yeah. very long. Hmm. Like, yeah, I guess. So. I know. Didn't Nicole Byer say that or something? Who said? Who said that? That you... Nicole Byer says that all the time. Yeah, but see, I disagree with that. I think life is so short, like so astro- mm. astronomical. Because we've said it a couple of times now when we've had conversations. 
and uh, I'm really upset about it. So yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I just um, like I, I disagree completely. I feel like life's so short. The fact that like, we, you know, I remember so clearly when I was like 14 and now I'm mm. more than oh, I'm almost double that. Like, mm. I'm just like, oh, my God. And it feels like no time has passed. Yeah, that's like so short. But also, them. I, but also, we see like our parents. For example, your parents just seem like a baseline. It's just like that's an adult, and that's just like your parents for like it seems like eternity while you're growing up. But then, if mm. you look at it from their perspective, like if I had a kid now, and by the time they were five, I'd be like, oh, five years gone so fast. But for them, it's like you're just an adult for eternity, um, and that's like your whole childhood. So yeah, it's weird thinking about like if you had a kid or like just how quickly stuff goes and doesn't matter when you're an adult. But then I like look at pictures of um, David Attenborough in the 80s and I was like, he was old in the 80s and he's still old yeah. now. <laughs> that like Dame Maggie Smith phenomenon. Yeah, you're like, you were old so long ago. You're just you're still an old, old soul. <laughs> yeah. I think um, it's short when you're at the end because you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. But the, it's um, long. <laughs> speaking of things that feel like they're taking eternity, um, let's this talk about episode. all of Stanford's scenes. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. He is like a, a did we tell you how um he did like a little um what's it called? Like when you're a star. A cameo. Cameo for us. He did a like, cameo for us. He was so heartfelt and he was like, I hear you girls are doing a podcast about sex in the city and it was just felt so cute. But um yeah, that so I'm um I'm not gonna listen to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that aside his scenes do take forever since he's not listening anyway yeah yeah, yeah. fuck off um also the whole playing off like being like carrie having a new gay friend or whatever and then the mm. Stanford being like she's mine it's just this whole again this rhetoric of like this you know it's it's, it's almost like not a fag hag or whatever but like this idea that like these gay men are fawning over carrie yes like, oh my god so self-involved the- mm. I kind of, I'm glad that this is the episode that Jordan very ham-fistedly chose for me um, <laughs> because, like, I really have, like, it's one of my biggest beefs with this series as a whole is how, like, gay men are just literally, like, accessories for mm, ca- Carrie. Absolutely. And I... Um, yeah, like it's never more apparent than in this episode where it's just like even like a new character that has never met Carrie is just immediately obsessed with her. And as you said, Anna, just like fawning over her from the get-go. Mm. And it's just, and like this is happening at a gay club, club where like people are like shirtless and like fucking on the dance floor. And you're you meant to tell me that this, all that this man has to do in his life right now is seek out this woman and tell her that her dress looks amazing and then like give her like a gift parcel like yeah what you just carry this fucking gift bag with you yes. for when you meet a protagonist woman totally. like what, what they have no like function outside like Carrie being interested in them and then like Stanford coming in randomly in the episode being like are you abandoning me and it's just like what does he do what's he doing at like 
this cafe? Totally. Why is he here? What does he want? Like, what's and, his goals? And even with like how Carrie like blows, she's like, okay, so she goes out, she's like saved from her like boring relationship and she goes out with this guy and he's talking to another gay guy and she's like, I'm leaving, I'm done. Like, yes. this is fun. And then they, at the end when they kiss, like Stanford and him kiss for like one fucking second, she's like, all right, it's done. I'm over, it's done. I just need to go home right now. Oh it's like, gosh. chill the fuck out. I didn't even say that you. to them. That was all narration. So in their <laughs> reality she just walked away like yeah. that's just rude yes rude. like Stanford has been single for like 10 years now like <laughs> be happy for him like he got one fucking peck like chill out yeah she's so impatient with them like we never see Carrie going to like support Stanford in one of his storylines or something mm. like that it's always like Carrie has a storyline he kind of checks in with us on it and yeah. I don't know, it just pisses me off. And like that scene with that Australian guy. Oh um, my God, yeah. And like at one point I had to like write it down because I was like, that is fucking so shit. But it was like um, him being like, he literally said to her, could you be any more fantastic to carry? It's like, who yeah. says that? And I was like, like, why what? are they writing him like he's straight and wants to fuck Carrie? Totally. And then he, the twist yeah. is that he's gay. I don't know. Like, just like the whole, like, why are people, like you said, Charlie, like, why are these people, like, fawning? And I understand that it's like, uh, I don't know, like a replacement of um, Aiden and, and this idea of her being single and going out but being unavailable mm. because those men are gay or whatever. And, and But then still having the same dialogue and still, like, writing it the same way is so, it feels so fucking weird but then yeah. in saying that like i feel like and, and the friendship or whatever seems so like like it does seem so flirtatious and pointless and not even in like yeah. a fun oh we value each other for different yeah reasons but then we can also flirt and have a fun relationship in that way it just feels like weirdly like het like trying yeah. guy trying to fuck this woman the whole time i thought he was going to turn around and be like actually i'm like, actually you know, we're open and we yeah. just like buy stuff um but carrie's worst no. nightmare yeah oh, carrie hates <laughs> by men oh carrie yeah because they're promiscuous <laughs> liars and, they're yeah. <laughs> and she's like yeah. mm, what you, can't trust them. you can't trust them yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. trust the sex columnists to have open-minded views about yeah. like, oh my god like <laughs> I also just feel like this episode beyond Carrie, who I have a lot of like issue with and how she treats like the gay men in her life as just, you know, handbags basically mm. is that like this episode just felt so much just like het tourism into mm. the gay world. Literally. Totally. Like it's like, yes. we're going to go to the gay bar. Look at them. Ha 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 ha. We're in your space. Ha 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 ha. And then yeah. they're like in the bathroom and like, we're here because there's no female bathroom. And then like, Samantha like sexually assaulting at the urinal yeah. and it's just like how is this is like this is fucked and then they're all like well we got that out of our system they all laugh at the gay porn being like oh my god such a like sexy oh, exotic stupid god. thing <laughs> yeah. that pissed me off yeah. so much I'm like you're you're telling me that you're sitting there watching porn and and it's like so detached from you that you can yeah. just comfortably platonically watch it with your friends absolutely not I know. Mm-hmm. totally it's like, I is that an intense experience yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I'd love to watch a gay uh, porn with my friends but only to feel the sexual tension rise and be like what's well, going yeah. on what's gonna happen yeah you like watch it in a dark room where you take it seriously not just like charlotte walking in and then she's like yeah what are the mood for gay porn and then carrie's like 
you're not in the mood for gay porn like what the fuck um I know she's like being ironic or whatever but just like the whole thing is a joke for them yeah that also potentially not I mean I think maybe that porn in general I mean probably not I think it is just them making fun of gay porn but the way that Carrie kind of like imitates it later on with Aiden is it just because porn oh. was more taboo back then and then the fact that it's all like oh ah, ah, like kind of thing and maybe she, you know she doesn't have access like she's not like watching you porn or red tube or mm. x and x or whatever um it's my favorite <laughs> favorite <laughs> um but like so it's more like this idea of like the corniness of porn potentially because it's back in the early yeah. 2000s and but it is progressive something, something i was like, thinking about it's progressive that they like breached this discussion and you know like featured it but my issue is just how they like dispose of it it's like at the end of the episode it's like well that's done let's wipe our hands of it never acknowledge it again kind of thing like this character will never be seen again carrie literally walked away without a goodbye Mm. um and when carrie does that like um disgusting i have in capitals on my in my notes she's been like cringe when she's like going she's like "Mm -hmm, and like goes down on um hayden it's just like fucking kill yourself like seriously what the fuck but Aiden was so turned on. Oh my god. Aiden was Aiden like, looked like fucking horny as fuck. Yeah, it was he actually the hottest I've ever fuck seen Aiden. Yes, <laughs> he, was he was so like, hot. Like, fucking like, what so... are your thoughts on Aiden, by the way? In this episode, he reminded me so much of my partner. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down, I'm Aiden. Because she comes over and she's like, I want to fuck. And he's like, I just have fried chicken in my stomach. <laughs> that was like well. my partner. I'm like, that's me. Like every day I'm like, my stomach feels like I'm going to fucking diarrhea anytime. So um, like, hell, that's so funny. I wasn't going to say it, but like now that you have, like <laughs> reminds me of my partner too much. Like when like he was like, she's like trying to like, <laughs> get into it after the night out and he's like babe can you just like rub my belly yes um, and, and she's like this is so annoying i'm annoyed that he's doing this and i'm like you should fucking be so lucky to rub that belly like <laughs> it's just, i don't know he just i love him so much i yeah, i um, think i the rubbing the belly thing it, it did remind me a lot of my partner i feel like the issue in this relationship which is probably i mean my theme was something else but I think um something to talk about is Carrie is making herself smaller for Aiden like she's fitting into his desires fitting into what he wants to do which is fair enough Aiden's just holding his ground in this episode being like oh I just want to stay home and eat chicken and like he's you know him being kind of like oh what the fuck do you mean like they have a key to that that's so corny like blah 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 that's all fair enough except for the fact that he's not appreciating what Carrie wants to do, which she wants to, yes. she wants to fucking go out. She wants to, she wants to like go out in the evening and do something fucking fun. And then mm. he's shitting all over it being like, why would you want to do that? Let's do, let's eat um, uh, KFC, which is also so dumb as well. Like look at your partner. She obviously has like body image issues to the point where she has to consistently be less than a size six. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like consistently yeah. be so thin. Why the fuck are you being like, let's just eat KFC. Like where the fuck is your mind at? I mean, I know it's like an actor versus a character, but I'm like, she wouldn't just want to sit at home eating KFC. Like, <laughs> and like watch make- the game. <laughs> yeah. Like why would you want to do that? It's so dumb. But I, but I think like the issue in this relationship that I see is that Carrie is trying to fit her. She's so desperately feeling, um, 
uncomfortable or, or like is in love with Aiden but doesn't want to be with him in a way because she doesn't want to live the same lifestyle as him. She's making herself smaller and like mm. forcing herself to be like the sub in the relationship and and fit his kind of like more homely way of life when she's like a New York City girl wanting to go mm. out and do all these kind of things. Which then you see an appreciation for that homely sort of life in the end of the episode and like being like, oh, I just love him. I want to spend time with him, which I think is so fair. But it's also like, yeah, but you also need to like stand your ground in the relationship and be like, I want to go out because I want to go out. And that's completely fair enough. Mm. You do what you're going to do. I'm mm. going to do what I And not just use your like gay friends as like a prop to just be like, yeah, let's have a fun yeah. night. And then just be like, Stanford, don't give a shit about your lonely issues. Like, yeah. you'd be like <laughs> reaching out the whole episode being like, hey, Carrie, I'm lonely. Like, I'm scared you're replacing me with this other gay guy. Um, and she's like, bye. I'm going to go into my head relationship now. Stanford, <laughs> don't treat your gay friends like they're your boyfriend. They're just yes. your friends. Like, why yeah. are you treating them like, like they're your replacement boyfriends because you your boyfriend's staying home just because mm, they have a yes. It's demeaning. Like, I wonder if around this time is that how, I don't really know much about it, but like around that time, was there much depiction of like gay relationships or like gay people on TV at all? Will no. and Grace. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe okay. this is like them trying to introduce, I feel like the way that it became part of like more mainstream culture was unfortunately through like, hyper girls being like my gay best friend like they're actually really cool because they like get out get you in like ways that your boyfriend doesn't and like um that's mm. how they kind of entered into like mainstream media oh it absolutely. just could have been done without the like yeah the tourist edge of mm. like ha 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 that was fun and now sure. let, let's pack it away yeah and it was also that that trope um uh, that I remember growing up of like all gay men are ripped and have like mm. beautiful like jawlines and bodies and stuff like that. Have fashion like, sense. How ridiculous. Yes. The amount of gay oh men my God. that have like we... literally the worst sense of fashion. Um, why did you look at me when you said that? Well, yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> yeah. Watch yourself in your little hoodie. Totally. <laughs> that, was, that was the other thing about me. You were going to talk about this, Charlie. Were you going to say about the guy coming into the office? Yes. Yes. I'm like, I oh, come on as if he would do that. Oh, my God. And- from going He's just rocking up in like a fucking like leather BDSM <laughs> suit with a whip, like <laughs> at his law firm, like rolling in with fucking Xanadu roller skates, just like this is me. <laughs> when he's been like repressed and scared this whole time, and he's like, I haven't told anyone I'm gay. And he's just like walks in with like the most like outrageous outfit. It's like because of him, we weren't allowed to have casual Fridays anymore. <laughs> I enjoyed, I loved that woman who's like polite for the last two years has been like casual Fridays. Like we got her whole story arc in that moment. She's like, I finally got it over the line. We get casual Fridays. And then there's, he, he could have been wearing nipple tassel. It was so funny. Like he was just like, but also amazing that he did it as well in a way. Like I kind of, as soon as he walked in, I was like, fuck yeah. Totally. But I thought, I thought it was going to be like this interesting take where like, he ended up getting fired like in that moment when she was like except with whatever his name was when like all the lawyers were like gathering around his office i thought he was gonna get fired and i was like "Ooh, this is like an interesting take that like even though miranda's pregnant and she's gonna lose all these cases and stuff like that which is a pain in the ass as well her being pregnant still fits into their like concept of like a woman's role and stuff like mm-hmm. that and then this yeah. guy wearing a mesh shirt but it wasn't it was just casual fridays <laughs> i was wondering as well like because when they were they had that meeting in the bathroom and miranda was like oh 
whatever the fuck his name is because it's had not no important idea. in this episode. <laughs> yeah, apparently, none of the names are. I never remember the Australian guy's name. He's in yeah. White Lotus. Anyway, um, yes. he is. Uh, yeah, I, I was waiting for someone looking. to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. Um, yeah. That is amazing. I love him. Very He's an good. HBO mainstay. Also, it was very funny as well. Mm. His Australian accent just reminded me so much of The Secret Life of Us. And it's nice to hear the Australian accent change and shift throughout yeah. like decades. Because I was like, I felt like back then I was like, really like, yeah, yeah, I'm Australian. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to do this kind of thing. And now it's kind of. I feel like him in White Lotus I love him and it's just like he's just so got such a um natural he's just like he's like want to root for him like he's just like a great guy um I mean it reminds reminds me of every hospital manager I've ever had I know it's just but he's got this innocence about him that is just like yeah go you and also like the fact that I didn't know him at all before this and he's just like being quietly and like all this like American shit is cool yeah um, mm. but the interaction that they had in the bathroom and, and Miranda being like, oh, I didn't know, you know, which she meant it's so fucking awkward anyway, mm. whatever. But then him, and then her kind of saying that, you know, I'm pregnant and like, I don't want anyone to know about that. And him being like, I'm gay and I don't want people to know about that in the office. And cause at first I was like uneasy about the comparison between those two things in a workforce. Um, but then I was like, fuck, like there are two huge things that completely, uh, especially during this time, would shift someone's idea about someone's capabilities in a workforce, yeah. which is fucked completely. Yeah. But, like, I was like, oh, they are two, like, discriminatory um, yeah. things about, you know, people's uh, lifestyle and stuff. Or just, like, you know, sexuality and, um, you know, being pregnant. And, mm. Well, and that's that what I was going to say is that this whole, I guess, like, the whole um you know like gay men entering the mainstream media through like you know girls being like gay my crazy gay best friend who's like always out doing drugs and like at gay clubs like I feel like that's still a common conception to an extent and like that's why like our parents generation it's like that's what they think like being gay is it's just like this huge like party and everyone's just like crazy but it's like that's why even to this day I feel like you don't see that many normal just it's like yeah like I like both my bosses at the moment are gay they just like live normal lives like have their partners and like just like and like you know not crazy and like going out and doing drugs all the time <laughs> I also like... love in that way that you completely uh like disregarded a different lifestyle to like the heteronormative lifestyle being like going out and like having fun like instead of staying home and their <laughs> no, one partner. That's, but that's what it feels like the media descriptions have been so far it's yeah. just like yeah. um you know being gay is like synonymous with like just being like fun and yeah, loose and stuff all the time all of the gays on television in that era are like coked up yeah um, just sex yeah, caricatures um yeah one thing i really liked in this episode is that i felt like there was a mirroring between um charlotte and trey and carrie and aiden in that um like as charlotte's having that realization of like oh i've kind of built this fantasy for myself and it's not mm-hmm. fitting um it's kind of like as as you were saying on like carrie's trying to make herself small and sort of cut the mold so that she matches to Aiden mm-hmm. um it I think like Carrie's a huge extrovert you know she's all about the presenting of herself and being mm-hmm. you know at events and being very visible and then um Aiden is obviously an introvert and like his whole arc is you know he he likes to be sort of like away from the city and he's sort of like more handsy into himself and he just likes the simple things and that kind of stuff and then I feel like this is like, you know, laying the groundwork for why Carrie 
is kind of incompatible with someone like that because she wants someone who can like stand beside her as Charlotte does and sort of fit that image of like, we are a power couple, you know, like we're we're those guys that people look to. Whereas Aiden's never going to be that person. He can't, he's not going to want to have that kind of life. You know, he's not going to be big. He's not going to be someone who's a natural host and he's always wearing a suit and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Driving like, around in a limousine. Just exactly. <laughs> like big is someone on Carrie's level, which is unfortunate because Aiden is the better man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like this episode kind of lays that groundwork mm. a bit as well. For sure. Yeah. They really, they've been dragging Aiden so much. I mean, I would love to go back and just start watching some, when was she dating him originally? Season three? Some season mm. three episodes when we first met Aiden because I just feel like he's a different He's, he's a different person. He's a different, different person. Back when she met him, she was like, oh, he owns a furniture store and he's like um, doing all this cool shit and he's like stable and, um, you know, like he's just like the good guy and he was kind of like the hero of the story, whereas like now he's just like, kind of around and just been like i'm gonna go to the yes. country i wonder yeah. if there's i wonder if there was a conscious choice because also i feel like their relationship before was quite equal or like mm. carrie wasn't making herself smaller she was just like i'm a smoker i'm like yes yeah, yeah. i'll try mm. not to smoke because i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. appease my needy boyfriend kind of thing mm. and now it feels like the way that the relationship shift i mean i'm sure it was intentional but it feels like yeah like i've said in this last couple episodes aiden is still trying to be like gonna stay home and we're gonna do this and carrie's like oh i don't really want to do that like he's being kind of um what's it called when someone's trying to like take control and like be an alpha male which is weird as well because like and not in an aggressive way but just in a way being like this is what we're gonna do no this is fine love fuck that shit like blah 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 Mm. um and it does it doesn't look that good on him comparatively to like season three or whenever they were dating and he's like a sensitive dude that like makes tables and totally yeah he hasn't made anything in ages (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't he hasn't and also how he just just like when um she's like going out and like fully dressed to the nines and he's like i'm just gonna eat kfc at home and she's like yeah i'm ready to go out and like i'm dancing with these men and stuff and then he's like what and he's like she's like oh they're gay and then she he's just like oh it doesn't matter then that's fine i'm gonna eat my kfc still like whatever it's just like not taking it's just like so um set in the ways of like well, she's out with a gay guy, so obviously she's just, like, not feeling anything else and that's just fine. Also, I found it weird. I mean, I this, this is probably close-minded, but I found it weird that Carrie was like, I've been out with all these naked men who are gay and now I'm really horny. Because I'm like, <laughs> I'd never get horny going out to, like, predominant, like going to circuit where there's all yeah. these, like, dudes there who are all just not interested. It, it obviously shows what I'm attracted to, which is someone being attracted to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Out, I'm like, no one is attracted to me. I'm at home and I'm like, I want to fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that. I'm just like, I'm only horny if someone shows me any kind of interest. And then I'm like, yeah, let's fuck. Like, I, I kind of read that as her trying to get make him jealous a little bit totally, like being like sure. you know look look at me i'm having this fun life aren't you missing out kind of thing boring, um, okay. and yeah. he was just like can you please suck my fucking dick <laughs> no he said oh, rub my belly oh yeah, that was the other one sorry sorry i got them confused yeah. his two moods <laughs> yeah yeah um i feel like what the writers did with aiden is that when he first came into it this might be what you guys are referring to with like him like 
being a different character because I haven't seen those earlier episodes in a, quite a while. So I, I well, can't... That's irresponsible of you. We asked you on this podcast and we we're hoping <laughs> do that you your homework. watch those early. Yeah, like actually yeah, do your homework. I, I'm That'd be great. so sorry. Um, this, is this has been real fun. opportunity. This could change your life. <laughs> you don't know who could be listening to this in a few yeah, years' time. Stanford <laughs> is listening. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it, it's pretty straightforward, like... Um, rom-com trope that when you know one way to make you fall for the um the protagonist's like love interest is to develop a foil character that represents like the opposite you know it's the jacob to the edward and that kind of thing mm. like you oh add someone God. else speaking my language <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i feel like at the start that was really exciting when aiden represented like the opposite to big mm. and it was like sexy and cool and like oh my god he's so like not like big and he's mm. so not like my ex and they and that was a good thing um at that point and so he was exciting and fun and good but now Sorry. they're like well we need to like get the audience back oh, yeah from our departure into the foil character so now mm. we need to make the everything that made him good now has to make him annoying to her and so they're like, let's make him like too introverted. Let's make him like obstinate. And like, let's make him like unwilling to involve himself in her life. Like totally. You may see what you're doing, writers. Yeah. <laughs> and they also they keep ripping into his like body, like outside of him being in scenes, like in previous episodes, all the girls like, except for his tummy. It's like, oh, all he needs to do is work on his tummy. And then in this episode, they get him to like eat a bucket of chicken and get Carrie to rub his belly. And Why I'm like, this is giving me body dysmorphia. <laughs> That's true. Actually. That he was looking like awesome. Yes. He's fucking no, but hot. I thought that's what they were saying. I thought he, they, oh, he no. Wait. No, there's that bit where Charlotte's like, all he has to do is lose his tummy and he's the perfect guy. In like <laughs> said that. Charlotte says bit. that. Which we should actually speak about Charlotte and Trey's mm. line before we wrap yes. this up. Yeah. So yeah. like we've said, Charlotte and like with Jordan's theme, it's it's that sense of uh, you know, um, Charlotte kind of trying to achieve this goal that she's always had in life, which is essentially just being a married wasp. Mm. Um and she, yeah, gets this opportunity to have a childhood dream come true. But it seems like this is the end of Charlotte and Trey's relationship. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the way of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like foreshadowing, I feel like, if, and if you haven't watched the series, um, just like um, it being like a, it's like she's like a step ahead and just like that sadness of, that was kind of my theme of just like when, um, I haven't really had to do this so much, but um, it's just like, you know, when you've like committed to like going to a wedding or like doing something like that, when you're like, we will do this together as like a couple, but that you already know it's over. And it's just like kind of moment of being mm. like, oh, like all the sad stuff of like mm. what we would do, but we're not together really. That's kind of like my, me being in my um, ex-boyfriend's obvious sister's wedding photos. That was like a part <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> <laughs> We broke up a couple of weeks or a month it's... or something after that. And I, I got so jealous seeing my ex's sisters. This was like the talk of the town, like for like fucking years. And it was like um, the person's wedding um, being like a big deal. And then like we broke up and like a year later she got married and I'm like, I was meant to be there. Like I was meant to be at that photo. But like obviously happy that I wasn't, but um, it's sad when you miss out on cool things. Yeah, because you'd miss out on more than just the person. You miss out on the, the fantasy or the hypothetical life that you had built. You're like, that's where we're headed. You know, for totally. Charlotte it was like, there's going to be this, you know, as you said, like wasp um, path ahead of me. And so now it's not guaranteed anymore. And it, 
it, she's mourning not just Trey, but like that image of a life. Mm. And nothing more so than like in a freaking magazine being like, this is what a successful relationship is and just knowing that's going to be coming out in a few months um, and that you won't be together is pretty sad. That was a real moment. Yeah, mm. that was beautiful, actually. I really yeah. thought that was a nice, like, scene in an otherwise very, like, chaotic, sort of silly episode. Totally, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it reminded me of the bowl type with Richard and Button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you seen the bowl type, Charlie? No. But oh, I my God, do, do not start. It's good. If you love, like, hate watching something, it's, like, yeah. the perfect thing to hate watch. Perfect. They're all like, I'm going to save the world through social media and, um, like, <laughs> I'm going to tackle the big issues through my Twitter Instagram account. Um, it's just like that. Plus, oh like, God. they all drink a lot of wine and never hungover, are, like, always, like, dressed to the nines every fucking time you see them but they're like girls night every single time and they always have time to like meet up for a juice before work yeah oh god <laughs> it's like I, when you see people like go to cafes before school in in movies and tv shows and you're like what like it happens in neighbors all the time oh it's I'm so like, oh, they crazy have no time. what time is that cafe open 6 40 and their yes. work is always open it's just like she's like sudden we'll be like i've got to like dress i've got to like so the costumes for like 50 things before tomorrow and they're like okay let's go for a drink and then she's like back at the office just like working away till like god knows what hour that's crazy <laughs> someone worked out that rory gilmore would have to leave her house at 4 30 in the morning to go have like breakfast at luke's and then catch an hour <laughs> bus to <her> school. <laughs> oh my god it was very funny um of funny uh the samantha uh um, actually being vulnerable for once, uh, mm. well, you know, through ecstasy and telling Richard that she loves him, which could quickly go into a theme that I'm just making up now. Uh, <laughs> have you ever told anyone um, that you love them in a weird situation or out of, you know, drugs or whatever? Like, has anyone been in that situation? Because I feel like Samantha and like whether that was true or not, or like whether mm. the alcohol or the drugs or whatever was going on made you say it or whether you just yeah. said it out of, you know, just because you said it. Yeah, she yeah. had one bump. I'm like, you didn't um, yeah. you know, like crazy after that. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I just you off. No, I, I was going to say, I feel very much like I relate to Samantha in that because I, I think we're meant to feel that it's not the ecstasy, obviously, mm. that made her say it. It's, you know, that connection that she's having. Um, mm. As someone that also told my partner that I loved them, mid-sex for the first time yeah <laughs> um i was like oh wow that's a bit too real for me um to mm. relive that but um yeah like for sure it sex. how did that happen were you like like <laughs> what, what were you doing you were just like i love you like how do you like <laughs> i love you great you love so much <laughs> i mean are you just there like, are... I love you. <laughs> like how? Yeah. Oh, wow. A bit of wanting in that voice. That was nice. <laughs> thank you. Um, no, I'm like really composed during sex, Honor. Thank you. I love you. I got it. <laughs> like, were you, you fucking like out. delirious and stupid? And did you sound like crap? <laughs> you're like no i genuinely said it from the bottom of my soul <laughs> i can't even imagine passionate sex like being like god i love you so much like, I just, like when was the last time i did that it's years and i was just like isn't it funny that we're all wearing clothes and we're like talking about 
tomorrow and we're having sex while you're in the house. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we have the most, why don't we do the shopping list while you're in the house? Like, yeah, first of, um, first, like the first few times when you're like, in a, but like say, yeah, it's like saying I love you is like a pretty big deal. I feel um, in any relationship when you're first starting. Um, but yeah, was it a passionate throw for you? For me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like, um, I, I remember thinking, I remember like saying, <laughs> this is, no, I'm not going to go into it. Um, go into no, it. Go into no, it. I love no, it. Listen, I love it. No, no so Stanford's listening. Um, <laughs> my sister's not one listener. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that sort of thinking afterwards, like, you know, like, is was that just in the moment that made me say that or like, is that mm. legitimately what I feel, or is it ju- just that like the inhibi- lack of inhibitions of the moment actually just revealed what I did feel? You know, like it's hard to like know those mm. answers sometimes. Um, totally. What I envy about these women is like they seem like they've got that intensity of because um, I remember when I was in my you know early twenties, like just getting out of my teens, and like you just like have a drunken night and just be like having sex with your crush and be like I love you, and it's like how can I get that back? Like I haven't felt like that for like so long, like a decade almost. And it's like, I don't think I'm ever going to feel it again unless I like fucking lose it. So it's just like, yeah. no, that's how do so they have like, like in their yeah. 30s? I don't get oh it. Yeah. You guys ever been misheard though? People think, <laughs> think that you're saying I love you and no. you're not? No. It's the worst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it was oh. bad, and I had to be like, no, it was also during sex. Because so, I was just, I can't tell you. Now, now the yeah. Timmy. I'll message you after this. Okay. It, it's not a surprise. Um, yeah. But I said oh. it. But I didn't say it. I said, like, I was, like, just doing a little bit. Like, ah, la, la. And yeah. then, and, and, he, and he stopped and was like, ah. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Um, and then I kind of like, you know, when you realize what someone might have heard after you've said uh, it, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. oh. and then I, we just never talked about it because why would we? But I was just like. I said, I love shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I was I talking about something fish. else. <laughs> um, but that was very embarrassing because I was like in a crossroads. I was like, the more I try and defend this, the more it's going to look like I said it. So yeah. I'm just not going to mm. ever talk about it. Totally. What um, do you think makes Samantha be like? Why is she, why is she so into Richard out of all people? I think because he's really successful. Mm. He's good at his mm. job. I think he's got yeah. a nice penis. I think she makes him. No, he makes her feel kind of like she can be submissive to him, mm-hmm. which I mm. think is something that Samantha is craving in a lot of ways. Totally. Of course, quite, you know, because she's usually the one who's dominant and whatever. Mm. And it's nice to kind of feel that in herself with someone yeah. else being like oh wow I feel like I can you know yeah have that kind of relationship with mm. you and maybe let my guard down I think that's what yeah. it is and he also respects her work as well like yeah he respects totally. her so, so many levels different levels it's kind of like they're like all like her either yeah not like totally. oh my god you're amazing he's just which is like I think it's incredible for Samantha to have but I yeah you know he's not like yeah like a baby doing baby voices and shit um but I feel like they're all it feels really like yeah I don't know what's going on with the writing but like the closer you look at it like Miranda's just like not in the storylines at all like I feel like they're all in the other three are in stages like 
Samantha's at the first stage, like, um, you know, infatuated. And then Carrie's like in the middle. And then Charlotte's like woke in this episode, just being like, it's over. And my Miranda's just like, well, she's the fourth line? stage. She's, she's, <laughs> you're pregnant and alone. And yeah. just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually very true. Yeah. She's like, woke first of all. She's like, life is a bit, you born alone, you die alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's the crone at the end yeah. of the like <laughs> trope of women yeah but it happens uh. i feel like it's been going on for a series now like it's just like all of third season fourth season like what is her storyline in this episode like she just is pregnant and <laughs> is that it like she's just like can't dance properly she wears a dress to work and everyone's like well you're pregnant um and that's yeah, it. And you could see the belly <laughs> yeah I feel like but I also feel like maybe at that stage in life when you are like pregnant or whatever that does take up a lot like that does mm. become who you are mm. pregnant lady number one or whatever yeah um I don't know I just picked that up but um <laughs> the grown one. thing is so funny women are called so many funny things and I love it <laughs> me too uh, so funny so <laughs> weird yeah i love crone. and crones are always iconic like any oh, character yeah. that could be called a crone is always my favorite mm, oh, totally so mm-hmm. and it's like it's funny like <laughs> so gross like in a great way you know what i mean i mean people like people with vaginas because i'm just second at my period so like i've said three times what's a period i don't get it um, <laughs> but yeah i think it's like obviously like this show is like fuels a youth obsessed culture but um yeah it's just like you're you just have like a very thin margin of like when you're relevant and like as soon as you're outside of that you're like gone um but I feel I wonder if like through COVID and all of this stuff I feel like all of that's being reshaped because we can't do any of those things and that kind of like narrative of like you're in your 20s like 30s like just go out and have fun it's just like what are we actually looking at here because um I don't know it's just like that even it's made me be like oh my god age is just so dumb like in terms of like Mm. and also why would I strive to try and be like a 22 year old anymore you know what I mean like I've, I've definitely come to that point where I'm like like even like looking at, I mean, it makes me it makes me crave New York or whatever. Just being like mm. this idea of there being different spaces, like that you could fucking go party for different totally. ages, like yeah. is something that I totally crave. I would love to go to a place where I'm like, oh, everyone here is over twenty five. Oh, yeah. that would be the dream. It's like have the nightclubs that we used to go to when we were kids, but just like have them for our age. Because if you go to them these days, not that they wouldn't exist anymore, but it's like oh, if you did. It would just be like everyone's yeah. like fucking 18. So it's just yeah, crazy. You, you just consistently. And I want to be the hot young thing. Getting... Yeah. Wow. You want to be like the next thing. And it's like, okay, <laughs> move, move over. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it's making us, this whole period's like making us, it's like just imagine you were 22 at this age and like you've been told your whole life that that's like your best year of life. Um, mm. And then you're just like inside all the time. It's like, it's making us just be like, look deeper or like, who, who the fuck are you outside of this like culture of going out and partying? Mm. Not much is the answer. It's just like it's, it's a shell of a person. It's just made me buy a bunch of outfits that I'm never going to wear. Yeah. Like a fucking like two meter fur purple coat and be like, I'm definitely going to wear this when I go out. And it's yeah. like, when am I going to go out and when am I going to wear that? I'm just have living you, fantasies. You, have you guys seen that discourse on Twitter or like heard about it? That There was um some woman who made like a tweet that was like, I am like I think she was like I'm like late 30s single living in lockdown and Mm. basically she was complaining about lockdown and she was saying like these are like I only have a couple more like feasible like childbearing years and like this is a pivotal time for me to like 
find a partner and I'm meant to be like dating people and like, you know, mm. out there living my life and like putting myself in like, you know, fortune's way so that I can like meet people. But like, oh, it's like nice. lockdown is like taking it away from me. Um, and then people were like, you're being selfish, you're being selfish, no, like so focus fair. on like old people and all that no. kind of stuff. But then, yeah, everyone's talking about like whether that is a fair enough thing to how can anyone acknowledge that that isn't fucking awful like especially it at sucks. that point in your life and if she she's a woman yeah, yeah. and like can't yeah. have children like at this stage like it, we've been told our entire life that turning 36 or whatever is when you're like uh, oh you, no, you, the fuck have a, you know you're, yeah you're not going to be able to have children or whatever after this age or it's going to be really really difficult and you're also told, oh, you need to be, you need to have a partner to have children. And also it's more financially viable to have a partner uh, and have children. So you can mm. like work that kind of shit. And there's no systems in place. And if that's something that you've been told your entire life is what you need to have. And mm. now you've been in lockdown for the last two years. And maybe it's like, yeah, but you, you're turning 38 now. It's like, of course, of course you can so feel fair. shit about that. That's like. We're in a really lucky position, Irvi, uh, like you were saying, like 22-year-olds, like, oh, my God, this is supposed to be like my early 20s when I'm going out and like having mm. so much fun. Now we're in our late 20s and we're kind of like, oh, that's all kind of bullshit. But at least we have the privilege of having enough time where we're not in that kind of biological clock phase. Where yeah. It's like if you do want to have kids, this is the time to like get with a mm. partner to do that. Totally. And, like, and it's, yeah. yeah, for sure. It's like, maybe it's not the same as like, you know, I get the argument that it's like you're not in like a, you know, really – like country that's like struggling with COVID, oh, yeah. like your life's at risk and all of that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like that's something I'm struggling with in lockdown because I keep being like the guilt of like not being in like some fucked up, you know, situation yeah. is totally fair. But at the same time, it's like, it still does suck. And it's just like, you've oh, been told. lockdown sucks. Yeah, it's lockdown like, yeah. you've been told you're hardcore. Especially if you're like counting the months. If you live by yourself and you've been counting the months down, like anyone, it, regardless of if you're trying to have a baby or not, like living by yourself through this would be like fucking shit, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Terrible. It's like, I feel like we need to complain about these things. We need to have this moment where you're just like angry and need to mm. then say things online and people can tell you to shreds and people can accurately say like, well, lockdown works, which is great. And it does. It does and I'm pro yeah. lockdown. But if we're going to sit at home and be like, God, it's so good for the community. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. All time, <laughs> as we like put our heads in the oven, like I can't yeah. believe like you have to complain. Like it's still totally. shit. It's shit it still works, stuff. but it's a sacrifice and yeah, totally. things are lost in that sacrifice. Mm. Um, the city, and- though. Uh, no, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's really awful for them. But, yeah. uh, Lots that, of great TV the happening in Sydney. Open. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's fucked. No, I, yeah. no I, I am so much more grateful for living in Melbourne where I feel at least, even though I've gotten both of my vaccines, but it mm. hasn't completely taken into effect yet, but I do feel so much more safe than, mm. uh, in Melbourne than being in Sydney. Like I can't mm. imagine being like so overwhelmed by COVID cases mm. in an Australian state like that's that's obviously yeah. and you don't hear about it's like yeah for sure I'm just like oh I wish we were out of lockdown but then like so many people close to me you know like my best like, you know my closest friends mums is like she's just like a normal she's just like a you know mum age but um she's got like 
stuff like she's like autoimmune so it's just like you know like all those people that would just be like oh these people I care about would like never be able to like go out into the world because they're like constantly scared of like fucking dying mm. um even it's... every time we opened in hospitality or even like teachers or whatever like I was like I'm touching so many different people's glasses and we're so busy and I can't wash my hands quick enough like I'm consistently exposed to like COVID same with like I mean nurses anyone that's in those kind of yeah touching people totally people's things it's like it's it would be so scary especially when you've got that many COVID cases and Mm. you're still like relatively open or or surrounded by that so it's just shit yeah Yeah. I wonder if any of the girls would be anti-vax actually I don't think they would be which girls (laughs) city city girls City girls, what do you mean though? No, the sex of the city girls. <laughs> the sex of the oh my show. god, right. The show. Like, <laughs> our podcast that we're doing right girls? now. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> girls. Yeah, yeah like, what yeah. woman could we be talking about in the Sex of the City podcast? <laughs> I feel like Charlotte might have some kind of yeah. fucked view on it. Yeah. Charlotte's but... probably so preoccupied with fertility that she's like, she's yeah. like joined the groups that are like, Pfizer gives you, like, you know, infertility yeah. and everything. She would either be like, leaning towards anti-vax or she would be like super hygienic yeah. and like pro-vax and like first in line to get her AstraZeneca mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Samantha would be having a hard time. She's just oh my like, God. I can't fuck. It's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> Samantha would have like a full Yeah, she'd be up climbing up the walls. Um, I think Kim Cattrall is having a hard time. God. <laughs> Kim. I feel like this idea of like the, you know, the limit on fertility and the pressure put on women to have kids and live that kind of Charlotte wasp fantasy life. Mm. Um, Like, I think like when I first watched the series, I never like sort of gelled with that Charlotte storyline. Like it always just seemed like I was like, you know, if you want kids and he doesn't like, why is that a big deal? Like it just seemed like not that big a deal, but like, I think, being a bit older now and being around people who are talking about that in their lives um, and, like, seeing this woman on Twitter talking about, like, the very real, like, repercussions that can come from, like, wasted Mm -hmm. time. um, It's like if she's investing in a relationship with this guy, it's like every year she's with him is just... It's like if, if she needs that end goal of having kids, well, then she you got to hope that that relationship is getting towards that goal. And if it's mm. not, like, it to- is totally reasonable to call it off. Absolutely. And also, like, with the woman on Twitter, it's like, it's not only that you can't um, date someone now, it's like all your other options are gone, like who's fostering kids, who's, like, um, adopting kids right now. It's just, like, all those systems are, like, not in place right now. So you really, it's like a scary question of being, like, what is my life now that... um it's just like this indefinite dark period. Yeah. I think, yeah, again, it's just the fact that we've been told our entire lives that having kids is like the end goal mm-hmm. or whatever. And that it's like. See how many yeah. lockdown babies there are. It's crazy. It's oh just like, why God. the fuck? Are, it makes no sense. Like, I feel like it's just like bringing, I was just thinking the other day on the toilet when I was having bell issues um but I just like would not be able to handle like being pregnant or having a kid right now it's just like answering their questions I mean like the world's a hopeful beautiful place for you to grow up in it's like it's not and it's just like so much to t- like it's, it makes no logical sense to have mm. kids right now um but people are popping are like, are like fucking radical awesome 
people we've already had gen z who are like radical but it's just like Mm. what's happening with that people want to call this next generation of kids quarantinis (laughs) fuck (laughs) off that's disgusting i've heard that did you make that up sorry did i just drag you no i didn't make it up i wish i did (laughs) imagine if you had quarantinis and i was like disgusting i'm like crossing it off my jokes list People really want to do this. No, I've heard that as well, quarantinis. And it's like um, someone was talking about before, like the different milestones that make generations. And it's like the generation that didn't, when I was teaching, it was like the kids that I was teaching were like, what's 9-11? And I was like, you don't know what fucking 9-11 is? And then it's like, what's COVID? These kids have like not, they're going to be so weird. It's like all you've seen is your parents for like the last two years, Mm -hmm. your formative two years of your life. Um, if not more, like, you know, who knows how long it goes. So it's just going to be a funny generation. Imagine if they're like dogs, like they haven't been socialized, they've put muzzles on kids. <laughs> yeah, literally. Them. And like That'd so scared of germs, like you've been told your whole yes. life that like other people mm. are the enemy. So you're just like obsessed with cleanliness. We'll find out. Um, yeah. We should rate this episode. We've been yeah. talking too long. Um again. I again had it happen. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, one of my favorite moments in the episode that made me laugh out loud. There were a couple. Um, the the woman who was like fighting for casual Fridays. She really spoke yes. to me. Um, <laughs> and also when Charlotte thought they were going to watch an independent film and was like, "I brought biscotti," and it made me really want a biscotti, but also laugh. That was funny. Yes, I rate this one. Wait, did you say how much you rate it? Oh, I rate it. I give it a four out of five. We've never done that. Um, Whoa, I give it a changing the metric. I give that's it four crazy. out of five. So an eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. I give it eight out of ten. I love yeah. the homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I give it maybe like a six point five out of ten. I didn't really rate it that well, but a bit that made me laugh at the end was like, um, I feel like it's very because I started watching the next episode as well. Um, but it's like. Um, it's just so like obvious in your face signposting like it's called all that glitters and then at the end Carrie shakes up one of her little dome balls which she randomly now has three of and she's like it's not all it seems and it's just like <laughs> glitter, and it's like all that glitters isn't the truth um so you know oh it's funny we're so close <laughs> to the end of this series and yeah. Carrie's gonna do something fucked <laughs> I know you just know it right yeah shoot someone Oh my god, I would love that. And then Miranda has to be her lawyer. Oh, yeah. that's so good. The, twist. It turns into it's like the OC kind of twist, the way yeah. that that kind of series shifts. Oh, Sandy's that. now head of the Newport group. group. Um, mm. Okay, well, I've had my third drink, so I'm probably going to give it a six out of ten. I thought it was average, average AF, and I I really liked the thing that saved me, uh, saved the episode for me, <laughs> saved me. This episode saved me. This episode <laughs> saved my life during quarantine um, was Charlotte and Trey's uh breakdown of their relationship I thought that was mm-hmm. nice to see Charlotte actually have something that like have an aspect of her storyline that isn't just fucking filler mm. so that was nice that was cool it was still treated like filler it was still like in a weird point in the episode like it was, the, was like, like C storyline yeah still mm. C storyline but like the biggest thing that happened anyway yeah, totally Charlie um I would give it a five out of ten mm-hmm. um and it probably would have been a three out of 10 if it wasn't for um, the nice scene with Charlotte and Trey. Mm. Um, and also there's one extra point given for the scene that made me laugh out loud, which was when Carrie 
finally goes to that club with Oliver um, that's like <laughs> exclusive or whatever. <laughs> and um, he's like, like at one point she's like, can I get a sandwich over here? And he's just like fisting <laughs> some guy. Um, and she's like waking up to the reality of being ignored by this man and like what it means to go out with him. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> totally. like, like it's so, it's so improbable and ridiculous and she's so like out of place, but there's something satisfying on like a karmic level because I feel so much like gay men are disposable to Carrie. It's mm. nice to have it like kind of be spat back in her face. Like, well, you give nothing to these people, so why should they give you anything back? Totally. Like, like, <laughs> also, like, eat before you go out to, like, an exclusive club. Like, yeah. why are you trying to order dinner here? It's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's so funny. I'd just be like, can I get a sandwich? It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Carrie, he's trying to, to fuck. <laughs> yeah, leave him alone. I just want to quickly defend my rating and just say that <laughs> it's a lot right now to ask me to tell you what is good. Um, I found it entertaining. I have just spent so much of my time watching Real Housewives reunion episodes. (gasps) Which season are you at? Season five. Oh my God. I love season five. Like that era. The most fucked one. Is that the wine throwing one? Yeah, yeah. Don't talk about my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And also, Brandy being like, um, there's a woman in it who is, used to be on Days of Our Lives and Brandy's a huge Days of Our Lives fan. Eileen. Like, yes, I actually love her. Um, Me too. Eileen, like, can you do a scene from the show? And Eileen's like, no, no, I'm having dinner. Like, I don't want to do that. And then she throws her drink on her and is like, <laughs> it's a joke. And Eileen <laughs> oh like, starts God, crying. It's like, I just don't even know how to process this. She's like throwing like money at her feet, being like, dance monkey, dance. Yes. Like, she's like, you're an actor, do a scene. <laughs> oh my God, it's so strange. Anyway, so that's what I'm working with. So when I give something an eight out of 10, just know that it's, it's coming from an unhealthy mind. Oh no, we knew, we knew. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Charlie, thank you so much for coming Thanks on for to our me, podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. This is so much fun. We're thank a you. couple weeks ahead, but is there anything you would like to plug or should we just follow you on socials? Where can we find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram um, at Charlie's Angel and Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and now TikTok. <laughs> I've just started TikTok this week. Yes, and welcome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm still trying to like work that algorithm, but Jordan's mm. been helping me yes. get the right yeah. kind of shit. <laughs> Have I? <laughs> yeah. You've just, just, keep, like, you you just been sending me stuff and now it's kind of like becoming my feed. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. So you're making, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's all I, all I can hope to do in this crazy, yeah. crazy world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, please like us and subscribe to please us. Please like us. Please, please yeah. like us. <laughs> Love me. Love me. Also know that we have an email account, at yes. uh, which is sexandthesex.gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, I would love that. Yes. So fun that would brighten our lives. Please send us an email. And just... Um, yeah, it helps us a lot if you write a rating. The only rating that we have is from me. <laughs> <laughs> so that would help. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.